بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation of the book of الرقاق and we have reached now the uh, chapter under uh, chapter uh, entitled uh, باب العمل and this will be hadith 431 it will be hadith 431 باب العمل but we wait inshallah for, for the hadith now let's wait for the hadith until we finish the chapter the chapter title is باب العمل الذي يبتغى به وجه الله تعالى فيه سعد chapter the deed which is done for the sake of Allah a narration related by سعد deals with this topic this is the heading of the chapter I repeat the deed which is done for the sake of Allah, a narration related by Sa'd, deals with this topic. This is the title which Imam al-Bukhari put for this chapter. Now, who is Sa'd? This is a reference to Sa'd bin Abi Waqqas. The compiler Imam al-Bukhari is hinting that this is related or pointing that this is related to Sa'd meaning Sa'd bin Waqqas may Allah be pleased with him and in this hadith which is in uh, Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim let us have hadith Sa'd so that we know how to relate to the subject because he related to the hadith of Sa'd and let us see which hadith he was referring to this is the hadith of Sa'd in volume 2 book 23 uh, hadith number 383 and in this hadith the lengthy hadith and famous hadith when Sa'd bin Abi Waqqas became ill in Mecca and the Prophet ﷺ came to see him then he said جاءني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم now this reporting is from Amr bin Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas about his father Sa'd that in the year of last Hajj of the Prophet ﷺ, I became seriously ill. جاءني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عام حجة الوداع من وجع من وجع من وجع In the year of the last Hajj of the Prophet, I became seriously ill, and the Prophet ﷺ came to see me, inquiring about my health. فقلت يا رسول الله إني قد بلغ بيا من الوجع ما ترى so I said I am reduced to this state because of illness and I am wealthy and have no inheritors except a daughter وأنا ذو مال ولا يرثني إلا ابنة لي أفأتصدق بثلثي مالي should I give two thirds of my property in charity he the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said no he said no I asked 
فالشطر يا رسول الله هاف هي سيد نو قال لا قلت فالثلث يا رسول الله then I said one third قال صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم responded الثلث والثلث كثير one third and even one third is much and then he directed him إنك إن تذر ورثتك أغنياء خير من أن تذرهم عالة يتكففون الناس You would better leave your inheritors wealthy rather than leaving them poor begging others وإنك لن تنفق نفقة تبتغي بها وجه الله إلا أجرت عليها And you will get a reward for whatever you spend for Allah's sake, even for what you put in your wife's mouth. حتى ما تجعل في 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 امرأتك. قال فقلت يا رسول الله أخلف بعد أصحابي. I said, O oh Allah's messenger, will I be left alone after my companions have gone? قال إنك لن تخلف فتعمل عملا تبتغي به وجه الله. And this is the point of evidence now. He said, if you are left behind, whatever good deeds you will do will upgrade you and raise you high. If they are done for the seeking the face of Allah. وَلَعَلَّكَ أَن تُخَلَّفَ حَتَّى يَنْتَفِعَ بِكَ أَقْوَامٌ وَيُضَرُّ بِكَ آخَرُونَ And he said, and perhaps you will live along life so that some people will be benefited by you while others will be harmed by you. Allahumma mdi ashabi hijratahum The Prophet said, O Allah, complete the immigration of my companions and do not turn them renegades. Lakin al-ba'isa Lakin al-ba'isu Sa'd ibn Khawla But Allah's Messenger felt sorry for poor Sa'ad bin Khawla as he died in Mecca. And this is a great, a great hadith. And we know that Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was from the immigrants who migrated from Mecca to Medina. And so they left their town for the sake of Allah the Most Mighty and the Most Magnificent. And it was from the habit of the Prophet ﷺ to check his companions in their illness. And also visit them. Because he ﷺ had the best and most noble character. And he was the led imam, the leading imam rather, and the most kind towards his companions. So he came to see Sa'ad in his illness. And he informed him that he heard of his pain and status of health. And then he told him, Sa'ad told the Prophet ﷺ concerning his wealth. And the Prophet ﷺ directed him that for the best thing, and the best thing is in this case, not to let the inheritors poor. And so the Prophet ﷺ said, the third and the third is, is still much. 
So the Prophet ﷺ here forbade him to give a charity from that because in, under the situation of illness, if the person that he was in a state of illness which whereby death is feared uh, to occur. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ forbade him to give more than the third of his wealth in, in charity. Why? Because with respect to the ill person whose illness is maradun makhuf, whose illness is, if the person dies, it will not be considered as strange if he dies by it. And then in this case, it is not permissible for the person in such states of illness to give in charity greater than the third. Why? Because his wealth is bound to the rights of the inheritors or others. But in the case of the person who is healthy or have a slight illness that it is not feared to cause death, then in this case he can give as he wishes the third, the half, the two-thirds, or his wealth, no harm. However, it shouldn't be that he uh, gives all of his, his, his wealth, uh, unless in cases it is known that uh, he will be in no need of anyone from the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the point here is that the Messenger ﷺ forbade him to give beyond or more than the third. And therefore this also there is a point of benefit here is that what is lesser than third is better. And Ibn Abbas said uh, in this لو أن الناس غضوا من الثلث إلى الربع and he was hoping that people would consider going from the third to the fourth. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said the third and the third is much. Then he directed him for the reason also and that is to not to leave his inheritors begging and poor. And in this therefore there is evidence that if the person who dies leaves behind wealth for his Heirs, then that is good for him. No. Then comes the point of evidence related to the subject of this hadith. You will not spend anything in the cause of Allah except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani seeking the face of Allah in your deed except that Allah will reward you even that which you will put in the mouth of your Wife. The point of evidence here is that you seek in it, in your action, the face of Allah. Meaning, you attain or intend to reach by it to paradise so that you can see the face of Allah, the Most High. This is the meaning. And, some, and many people sometimes when this is said, they don't understand what it means. Here is the meaning, so make note of it, inshallah. And the rest of the hadith and uh, the benefits of that, we have covered it uh, at length 
in the explanation of Riyadh al-Salihin, where this hadith was mentioned under the chapter of Ikhlas, of sincerity. So in this hadith, therefore, there is dalil, there is evidence for the need to have pure intentions, sincere intentions, and that the person makes this present if regarding any action, seeking by that action the face of Allah. And regarding this matter, in fact, people differ into three categories. Some, one category of people are negligent and heedless regarding the intention. So their acts of worship, their acts of worship turned into habits. Write this down, please. This is the first category. Heedless, mindless, negligent concerning the intention, so their acts of worship turned into habits. Habits. The second group, those are the mindful who remember, so their habits became acts of worship. Is that clear? And a group or a category between the the first group and the second group. Their acts of worship are acts of worship. Their habits are habits. And the most perfect are those who whom their habits are acts of worship or turn to acts of worship. How? Eating, drinking, sleeping, marriage, all these are habits. If the person intends by any one of them the means of nearness to Allah, then it turns into worship. And he will be benefiting, it will benefit him. So, when he eats and drinks, he makes the basmala, mentions the name of Allah when eating, and he praises Allah upon finishing, and similarly in the drink, regarding drinks, and he intends by his eating and drinking, to have that as a means of nearness to strengthen himself to perform the acts of obedience to Allah and also intends to enjoy what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him from his favors from the generosity of Allah so in this case the dinner becomes what? Hmm? if this is remembered and done, the dinner becomes what? Worship. As to the second category, as to the second category, which is, or, or the second, yes, the second category, you find the person coming to pray, 
making wudu as a habit. He does not bring into remembrance that he is coming to the masjid or to the place of worship to obey Allah and stand before his hands and converse with him and invoke him so therefore he will be of the of the negligent we are talking about the person who their acts of worship are habits the people whom their acts of worship are habits. The medium between these two, they have the worship, the act of worship, for worship. And the habit, as a habit. There is no doubt that this category, the people of this category, uh, have performed what is obligated upon them, but the people of the first category, those who turn the habits into worship, are the most perfect. Are the most perfect among these three categories. Is that clear? The, is, is this classification clear? Now we go then for the next hadith. The next hadith in the that falls under the chapter, and this is hadith 431. Hadith 431. Is there sound? Okay. Narrated Uthman bin Malik al Ansari that Allah's Messenger came to me and said, If anybody comes, لن يوافى عبد يوم القيامة يقول لا إله إلا الله يبتغي بها وجه الله إلا حرم الله عليه النار If anybody comes on the day of resurrection who has said لا إله إلا الله sincerely with the intention to win Allah's pleasure Allah will make the hellfire forbidden for him So again the point of evidence here with the intention to win Allah, the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we better translate it as it is, to win the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Except that Allah will make the fire forbidden for him. This hadith of Uthman bin Malik al-Ansari, radiallahu anhu, Uthman requested from the Prophet sallallahu to come to his home, so that the Prophet ﷺ performs salah in a place where Uthman will take it as a musalla. Why? Because Uthman lost his sight and could not continue to come to the masjid. So the Prophet ﷺ came and asked him. The moment he entered his home, he asked him, 
before even the any kind of service to the Prophet ﷺ, presentation of food or the like, as a guest was given, the Prophet ﷺ immediately asked, Aina turidu an usalli? Where would you like that I pray? And the people of ilm, the people of knowledge, rahimahumullah, deducted from this a very important benefit from this statement of the Prophet ﷺ, that if a person intends to perform an action or a deed, then he must begin with it before anything else, because this is what is intended. Then, should do that, which comes next as the second in priority, and so forth. And in this hadith, is this benefit clear? Because the Prophet ﷺ, when he came and accepted his invitation, he immediately asked, where do you want me to pray? You see, before anything was given to the Prophet ﷺ. No, not only for, uh, yeah, uh, for act of worship. But Abu Salman, and he, let's uh, inshallah ta'ala uh, continue with the discussion. It is not for any act of worship. It is, even if you go for, for example, you are searching for something on the... Uh, on the, on the net, or if you are searching in a book concerning a mas'ala, a point, a, I mean a, a, a case of study, and you go to the index, and you see while you are searching for the subject matter, let us see, let us say A, and then you go by all the subject, other subject matters, and some of these are so interesting, and then you begin now looking at the other ones, right? Oh, I didn't know about this, let us see and check it out. No, go for the one that you went for, and that is A. Finish it, and then go for the second. That's, that's important, because you get distracted, and then you lose a lot of time. Th- then, then the hadith, this hadith was mentioned, and it is a great glad tiding. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it manifest to us and to you. Where the Prophet ﷺ said, if anybody comes, if anybody comes on the day of resurrection who has said, La ilaha illallah, there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah, with the intention to seeking by that Allah's face, except that Allah will make the hellfire forbidden for him. So therefore it is not sufficient to utter this. The utterance is not sufficient because in this hadith it is explicitly stated that this must be La ilaha illallah seeking by that the face of Allah and this is sincerity. It's inevitable that this be seeking by this testimony of faith the face of Allah. As to the mere utterance, this occurs even by the hypocrite. As to the mere utterance, this occurs even by the hypocrite. The mere utterance of La ilaha illallah, this may occur even from the hypocrite. This may occur from the hypocrite. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about this in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, 142. Qala Allah ta'ala, 
إذا قاموا إن المنافقين يخادعون الله وهو خادعهم وإذا قاموا إلى الصلاة قاموا كسالا يراءون الناس ولا يذكرون الله إلا قليلا Verily the hypocrites seek to deceive Allah but it is he who deceives them and when they stand up for as-salah for the prayer they stand with laziness and to be seen of men and they don't remember Allah but little so the hypocrites as you can see now as it's evident from this verse they mention Allah and they remember Allah and if you see them their physical appearance may amaze you and be amazed by that and if they utter you may listen to their saying you say this is eloquent good speech such you even may think that this is the true believer established faith because of the eloquency so even they used to come to the Prophet ﷺ. As in Surah Al-Munafiqun, in the beginning of verse 163, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ when the hypocrites come to you, they say, we bear witness that you are indeed the messenger of Allah. Allah knows that you are indeed his messenger. And Allah bears witness that the hypocrites are liars indeed. They say, نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ We bear witness that indeed you are the messenger of Allah. يشهدون. They testify. And they stress يؤكدون الشهادة بقسم إنك لرسول الله What a sweet word But listen والله يعلم إنك لرسوله And verily Allah knows that you are indeed his messenger والله يشهد And Allah bears witness and testifies that the منافقين that the hypocrites are liars indeed a testimony for a testimony. Which is stronger? Shahadatullah, the, test, the testimony of Allah, or their testimony? Definitely. If they would swear, if they would swear by Allah 1,000 times that La ilaha illallah and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, then they are hypocrites. We seek refuge in Allah from this. So therefore, if the person says, La ilaha illallah, there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah, يبتغي بها وجه Allah, seeking in that the face of Allah, Allah will forbid hell, will make hell forbidden for him. Even if it is assumed, quote-unquote, that he is admitted to hell by his sins, then the fire will not affect him by anything. If it is assumed, 
Yet we know that the apparent meaning and the obviously understood meaning of the hadith that he will not be admitted to it. But there is the condition. This condition. Yabtaghi bihi wajhallah. Seeking in that the face of Allah Azza wa Jal. Is this easy? Is this easy? This is a very, very, very strong condition. A great condition and hard condition. Some of the Salaf, rahimahumullah, mentioned, I did not strive against myself anything stronger or a stronger strive than that of ikhlas fulfilling purity, fulfilling sincerity and he spoke the truth rahimahullah that is because the physical actions are easy each one can make wudu each one of us can make salah each one of us can fast and make hajj and give in charity in ease, easy, easily. However, the actions of the heart. These are the difficult ones. And that's why we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist us on that. And particularly that which is related to the sincerity and purity of the intentions. And this is the meaning by his saying, Yabtaghi bihi wajhallah, seeking in that the face of Allah. Now, some people have said that whoever says La ilaha illallah, then Allah will forbid him, will make the, higher, the hellfire forbidden for him. And that this is evidence that the one who abandons the Salah is not a Kafir. That the one who abandons the Salah, they took from this a proof that the one who abandons the Salah or abandons the Salah does not become a Kafir, a disbeliever. And the response to this is, first, that this condition in this utterance the condition of sincerity, seeking the face of Allah, prevents the person to abandon the salah. Prevents even to abandon the zakah and the sawm and the fasting and the hajj. That is because anyone who seeks something, then he will take the means to reach it by all means. So, is the way that leads to Allah is by abandoning the Salah therefore? Never. If you seek wealth, do you work to attain the wealth or you don't? The answer, La Buddha and Ta'mal. You must work. So therefore the one who intends the face of Allah must work in order to attain this objective. And that's why this 
restriction or this condition came يبتغي به وجه الله يبتغي بها وجه الله seeking so therefore this condition leaves out the person who abandons the salah because the one who abandons the salah and claims that he seeks by la ilaha illallah the face of Allah then the response is you did not say the truth you lied regarding this because if you seek the face of Allah then you will work for that this is the first response the second response that this hadith which you consider that whoever says la ilaha illallah with sincerity as evidence that the one who abandons the salah is not a kafir we say this is general and the texts regarding the abandonment of salah are particular so therefore it doesn't apply to the one who says la ilaha illallah and then even abandons the salah And the hadith does not say the one who says la ilaha illallah even if he abandons the salah. But some may say this is still generality. Who says whoever la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, then he will be saved from hell, will make the hell forbidden for him even if he abandons the salah. The particularization of this generalization is evident in texts indicating that the one who abandons it commits kufr. And this brings another issue. And this is very widespread, unfortunately. Even with some people ascribing themselves to knowledge is that they commit the error of belief before believing before verifying the evidence that is because if you believe then you try to find the evidence you know what you will do? It is very possible that the person who does this may end up bending the texts in order to make them fit what he believes. The safe way is the person should put himself before the texts like the dead in front or before his washer. You understand? You understand this? You don't, don't move as if you are created now. Why? So that you be acquainted with the texts and you work with the texts because if you go the other line if you go the other way
this may lead you to the following of desire. And this existed with some fuqaha, jurists, known, respected. You find them because they want to follow a certain madhab, a certain school of thought. They bend the texts so as to fit what the madhab goes for in terms of the position or the ruling. And the evidences on this are replete. You find some of the people of knowledge, if they adhere to a certain madhab, and when they are faced with the texts, they attempt to change the texts in order to be in harmony with the position of the madhab. And this is a defect. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safety from it. And what is obligated upon the person is he be submissive to the texts as if he is born today. As if he is born today. So that he ends up being a follower to the texts and not the opposite. In some situations regarding to this subject, some people do acts of worship in order that things become easy for them in life, or affairs, or certain affairs, like uh, the like with respect, for example, to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa taala, they build on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa taala, "Wa min amrihi yusra." Whoever fears Allah, then Allah will make for his affair ease. So he says, "I will do," so that Allah subhanahu wa taala makes things easy. The response is yes, this is correct. Some people do the acts of worship and uh, take from this uh, verse, yani, uh, they believe in this verse and they hope for the ease, alhamdulillah. On the other hand, some people do the acts of worship so that they be praised by people. And because Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ سَيَجْعَلُوا لَهُمُ الرَّحْمَانُ وُدَّ As in Surah Maryam 1996. Verily those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and work deeds of righteousness, the most beneficent will bestow love for them in the hearts of the believers. So they say they do the acts of worship so that people love them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ سَيَجْعَلُوا لَهُمُ الرَّحْمَانُ وُدَّ Verily those who believe and work deeds of righteousness the most beneficent Allah will bestow love for them in the hearts of the believers. We say there is no doubt that this intention is deficient. To the extent that some of the people of knowledge consider this from the intentions where the person seeks by 
his action, the life of this world. Make your intention the face of Allah and the reward of the hereafter. And that, then the reward of this life will come to you. Allah would not prevent it from you. And compare a man who goes to the battlefield in jihad seeking the booty and one who goes for the battlefield in jihad seeking the jihad fi sabirillah and the cause of Allah and then the booty comes to him. There's difference between the two. A person who seeks knowledge in order to attain the certificate. Another seeks the knowledge for knowledge. The certificate will come to him. As a consequence. Some people may resort to do the acts of worship secretly. Or, yes, obedience from salah, saum, fasting, sadaqah, etc. Would he in this case be attaining the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The answer is yes. The works of the body, the physical, is easy. Easy to go and keep away from the sight of people, but there you may fall in something else. Shaitan may come from another angle and says to you, the only reason that made you hide from the people is because showing off so that they say MashaAllah this man works secretly and hides his worship so what's the best thing the best thing is the person does the good openly and secretly because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised those who spend secretly and openly A person may be in a very high state of ikhlas, of sincerity. And he does the things openly so that people take him as an example and benefit by that. He could be a man, ummah, leader of people following him by his saying. So he loves to do the action in front of the people for this purpose, so that they follow him on the correct actions. So therefore from this we learn that it is not a condition to attain the sincerity by doing the things in secrecy or hiding. Certainly it is correct to say that hiding is closer to sincerity in accordance with the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a man uh, gives in charity and he hides it such that his left does not know what his right hand has given however it may be that the ikhlas, the sincerity with the open openness in the actions 
with the intention, I am not seeking the people in this, but I want the people to benefit from my action, and so therefore, I will attain good. There is no harm in that. Especially if these actions are needed to be revived amongst the people. On this, inshallah ta'ala, we stop asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the sincerity, seeking His face in all of that which we do and on all that which we utter. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam a tasliman kathira.